show. Okay, episode eight. Woo. Welcome to episode eight. We're excited today. I hope you got a chance to listen to episode seven. We had an interview with former Husker football player Brandon Riley. So go back and listen if you haven't. Interesting to get someone's take who played with multiple coaches. Like yeah. you get a coaching change, you get in there and you see this. He's been there. He's done that. He went to the practice and got to hear what rule was all about. And find out if you have not listened to number seven, what he thinks Nebraska's future is going to look like. It was good, but we talked about Nebraska football, yes, but also we talked about discipline. So, yeah, discipline to me is just consistency and, and doing the right thing. Um, you know, not not just doing them because other people are going to see, but, you know, just truly being the best you and, and doing the right thing. And we just had so much fun. Isn't, isn't discipline so much fun? Yeah, let's do part two of discipline. Yes. <laughs> so much fun that we're doing a part two. This is episode eight, part two of Discipline-ish. You're listening to Matt and my mom. This is the Matt and Beth show. Bye, everybody. So discipline being used in a way of disciplining your kids and discipline being used in the way of it's going to take discipline and consistency to become from good to great. So how do we use those two the same? I'm going to discipline my kid. I'm going to discipline myself. Well, I'm not in trouble. I didn't do anything wrong. I don't want it to be because I'm doing something wrong that now I have to discipline myself to be consistent. I want it to be part of who I am because I know it makes you better. Right. Maybe, maybe we view it, you know, we use the term discipline when we talk about our kids, but in reality, we are training them how to act, right? We are training them how to behave. So when I give them a consequence, that's what we always said when they were little, there will be a consequence mm. because I wanted them to know that your actions have consequences, good and bad. Right. So if you choose to disobey, you do get a consequence, whether that is a a timeout or early bedtime, or we're just not watching any screens the rest of the day. Would you use it like this? So your consequence for doing something good is you will have blah, 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 I blah. I don't know, yeah. but so that but one again, is there, there's a negative, negative connotation, right. but in reality, we are training our kids the right way to act, which yeah. is ultimately what discipline is. I'm training myself the right food choices to make, mm. right? Discipline is teaching me how to learn what the right choices to make are or to stay consistent, stick with a commitment, even though I don't feel like it. And the problem is, is we can be consistent for a, a, an appropriate amount of time in our head. And then we just, I don't feel like it today. Mm. I've been so good for mm. fill in the blank, right? whether it's three months or three hours, whatever you have justified in your mind, I've been consistent for a while. So I can mm allow myself some wiggle room here, right, right? but you have to know yourself. If you know that if I give myself an inch, I'm going to take a mile. So I can't. Yeah, but not uh, this time, this time. Yeah, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to get right back to it tomorrow. I'm serious. I'm just going to cut the donut in half. I'm not going to come back for the second half later this time. Right. But then you come back for the second half and you're like, well, I haven't come back for the second half in a week. Right. So I'm good. Right. It does happen, doesn't it, it? It does. And and there there has to be grace too. Mm. I, I that's why I think that you have to be realistic. If I you know, I'm I I need to know like for me, I am setting myself up to fail if I'm like, I am only gonna eat 
you know, raw chicken breast for the next (laughs) 11 years. Nope, you're going to die. I'm not. Like, I'm not going to do that. But I I can, you know, be realistic. Right now, um, I we're taking a trip here in a couple weeks, and I was like, hey, let's just cut cut some things. Let's cut some sugar. Let's cut some, you know, sweets, some breads, you know, excessive amounts of bread just for two weeks. Let's do it for two weeks, but look at the calendar and go, I know that on Easter, I'm going to eat some mm. banana cream pie, I, but I'm, I'm planning that. It's not, I'm not going to eat a whole pie, but I'm going to discipline myself. Um, but I'm going to plan in advance that this is where I'm allowing myself the wiggle room, knowing that I'm not going to eat leftover pie on Monday, but I'm going to celebrate that day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think that's a cop out unless you know that that will derail you. Yeah. Right. But you don't then know. You might need to go for a season. I'm uh, for six straight months. I'm not going to eat dessert. Fully disciplined. Maybe I'm not going to stop from putting a raw sugar in my coffee, right. but this is the, this is what it's going to take. Right. I mean, you know, this for, you know, when it comes to drinking, right. Mm. That that was not a, there was no room for, there's no wiggle room there. There's none. Yeah. That, and, and how was that for you? When you made that decision, did you have, did you struggle? Did you, do, do you still feel like it's a mind game? Do you ever occasionally feel like, oh, I can go back? Or is that just, this is a discipline that for the sake of the people around me, I just make. That's it. And, and, and the why is there. Yeah. So I think that that's a big one too, is that we've, it, majority of the time when I hear anything about discipline is the result being s- successful is because why are you doing it? Are you doing it just because, well, that's right. not going to last. I quit drinking because I saw the effects it had on my life and it ruined my life. Yeah. It completely, the people that I loved the most in my life scattered. Yeah. At that point, you can create a why pretty easily. If you go to the doctor and they say your blood pressure is kind of high, maybe you should stop eating so much sugar and run every day for whatever, 20 minutes. That discipline, you're like, yeah, I don't really feel it. I don't really see it. Well, I can wait another month. There's so much of that that goes on in our lives, don't we? We just delay everything. We just want that now, just one more time. I just want one more drink. I just want one more six pack. I just want one more shot. Whatever that is, that had to stop. All that had to stop because I saw what it resulted in. And I don't ever, ever want that to happen again uh, with anyone in my life. And so knowing that, that I, I basically was not afraid of alcohol, but I saw what it really did to me. And so I didn't even want to be near it. And even during a time when I was living with people who were drinking alcohol, that discipline in itself, I just had to remind myself, if I have a drink, I might call Carrie and I'm not allowed to call Carrie right now. So if if I know that my end result is going to be, I possibly could do this negative thing if I don't follow through with my discipline. But on the same note, I want to see my family as soon as I possibly can. And I know drinking is not going to help that. So the discipline for stopping drinking is so that I can see my family. And I've tried really, really hard with a lot of other things in life, but this is, that was the most important, biggest, most extreme, right, right? As you can go, but day-to-day discipline, day-to-day discipline. It's almost harder. Yeah, it's, it's almost so harder, much harder when you go like this donut doesn't actually yeah. affect anybody else right now. Right now, yeah. yeah Long-term yeah, yeah, yeah. eating a dozen donuts every day for your life is it could. I'll deal right? with that next Sunday. Right. Right. But it's you're right. It's hard to have that why. And I think that's a hard part with people in their relationship with God is because I was raw. I was mm-hmm. to a point of almost rebirth, it felt like. You know, in that moment in jail. And I know the Holy Spirit entered me. I yeah. know it was it, like nothing else that I've ever experienced. I've experienced a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that time of me hitting rock bottom, in that specific moment when the clarity came through, I only pray that that would happen to everyone, that they don't have to go through their 
explosion in life that leads to rock bottom to find that. But if you are there, listen to that. There's a reason that you're there and climb back by yourself is nearly impossible with God. It's not right. And so I don't want people to hit that rock bottom to find out that they need that discipline. But if you are, or if you're at that spot that you're questioning that discipline, know that you don't want to hit rock bottom either. Yeah. If that's what's going to take, then that's what it's going to take. But I would say pivot now. If anything in your life that happens that's uh, somewhat of a disruption, doesn't have to be a complete explosion and fall apart, that disruption is either, okay, now what am I going to do with my path? Am I going to continue on the same path? Am I going to go downhill? Or am I going to pivot and start going the right way? Yeah. And that's a lot of what the little steps of all with alcohol and everything else is those small pivot points in life that we have to make that decision because we could say that this is not going to result in anything bad right now. That's hard yeah. because I want immediate satisfaction right now. But if I know my results right. are going to lose my family again, pff, drinks, I got no problem leaving them behind. So I got a text. <laughs> I was in the middle of blowing my nose. Did you hear there was a, a piece that I cut yet. out? There's, okay, please, please keep going. There's a piece. Uh, there was a uh, piece that I cut out because I was. It was like, okay, check, check, check. <laughs> <laughs> like an elephant. <laughs> this is a problem. <laughs> Okay, so you got a text. So I get a text, and I just wrote something, and somebody obviously misunderstood what I said, and they said, get over yourself. Or was it, get over yourself? Or was it, get over yourself? I don't know. (laughs) How did I read into it? I don't think you can read it into get over yourself as being something positive. So I was like, ew. Not even like a LOL. No lol. So that other person might have been in a funk because mine was not a get over yourself sort of comment. But if they read it that way, which is unfortunate because usually in the mood that you're in, maybe you might think get over yourself. It's hard in text. Like even if it's a relationship where you can jokingly say that. And by jokingly, I mean with a little bit of serious like, bro, get over yourself. yourself, Right. You can't communicate that in a text. You can't. But even in real life, though, some of the things that people say to you, like I keep going back to these uh, stories. You meet weird kids. They get made fun of sometimes. But you be who you are. I mean, obviously, adjust in the situations that we discussed. Sure. Be weird when it's appropriate, right. but embrace that part of you. Yes. Like I tell my girls, if somebody says you're weird, say thank you. Yeah, you don't have to get beefy with them. Weird. What does weird mean? Just like mm-hmm. what's discipline mean? Why can't we take weird as just being different and unique? And this is who I am. I'm a little bit off. I'm a little yeah. weird. And I say that to this 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 point that happened in sixth grade when Stephanie Johnson broke up with me. Mm. I told you the story. I. You may have heard I've, it multiple times. I've heard times. of girlfriends breaking up with you, so I don't know. Which one are we talking about here? Well, this was Stephanie Johnson, sixth grade. The okay. reason that she broke up with me, and I found out while- was she a pastor's kid? That they was- were all pastor kids. <laughs> Good girls. No, she was a, a firefighter's kid. Okay. And he invented a robot that- It's like a fire hydrant. It was like, Hello. How would you like to learn about fire safety? And so her dad came in and this robot came in. That was her dad. So it was kind of like, you know, oh, that's cool. That's, hey, we're dating now. Hey, what's dating mean? Well, it means that we talk to each other on the playground at times. Okay. Sometimes. At times. Usually what happens in sixth grade relationships is you guys don't talk as much as you used to. No, (laughs) you stop talking. It's so weird. (laughs) So then we're dating, of course. And it was the last day of school and 
we were playing like box tag. And then I left with Roosevelt Morris to go into the bathroom because we were seeing who could pee the furthest. And somebody came in. Oh, it was Jesse Sandin. Jesse Sandin was the adult in sixth grade, you know? He like walked in out of the shadows smoking a cigarette. <laughs> hey, Matt, I need to talk to you for a minute. <laughs> hey, Jesse, what's up? I'm just peeing. Hey, uh, Stephanie, I just talked to her. Oh, yeah, what is she doing? Being cute? <laughs> uh, no, she wants to break up with you. She said, you're too weird. Aww. Did she go out with him? Eventually, everybody dated Jesse. <laughs> he was the man so of the group. She broke up with you through the cool guy. Yeah, to let me know. The cool guy at the time, I'm not saying smoking cigarettes weird. is cool no. kids. That is actually the wrong. It should have right. been the other way. Not the cool not guy. Not the cool kid. So he comes in and he says that. And then I go out and Stephanie's nowhere to be found. And then Jesse said, whatever I want, whatever you do, just leave her alone. Give her space. I'm like, Jesse, thanks. But did you not ever have a conversation with her about it? Well, I called her when I got home. Jesse Sandin said- Keep your distance. Okay. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Keep your distance. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. right when I got home, everybody was going to Dairy Queen. They were going to go to Dairy Queen. I said, nah. My mom knew My something was up. My heart is broken. Get a hot fudge Sunday to get, bring me something home. <laughs> <laughs> I got to call Stephanie Johnson. And I remember I went into my brother's room who had a phone at that time. He had the party line, you know? Mm -hmm. So he had a landline plugged into his wall. So I went into this room and I shut the door and I was like, man, Jesse Sandin's voice kept going, leave her alone. Don't contact her. Leave her alone. Don't contact her. So I called her. <laughs> <laughs> So, and it obviously. rang and it went to the voicemail, which voicemail used to be an actual box with a tape in it that would record right. when you called for the whole family, the Is whole the family fa line. Okay. The family could hear throughout the entire yeah. house, by the way. Right. So mm -hmm. she's like, don't answer it, dad. Why not? Because his piece, his dad's her dad's Peppa Pig now. Uh, Peppa Pig's dad. So, uh, <laughs> just, uh, so that the phone rang, got to the voicemail. Hello, I've reached the Johnson residence. Leave a message after the phone. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie, I promise I won't be weird anymore. <laughs> We're gonna not be weird. <laughs> let's date. Let's go. Let's hold hands. Let's go on the swings. <laughs> and I cried. And when I hung up, Jesse Sandy's voice was back in my head. Give her some space. Leave her alone. I got to school the next day, and she was threatening to bring the tape to school. <gasps> To play for everybody. Oh, not cool, Stephanie. That's why I started drinking. Stop. <laughs> you know, you guys have set like this really high bar for people that come into the church when it's not church time. If they're going to be like celebrated or if you're serving dinner for them or whatever you're doing. Because something that you guys do so much is all these little details to make people feel special. And even the people that are serving at church that are part of that church then feel like they're even more special because you guys put on such a great party for people. And the serve team dinner that you guys did, it just felt like such a relaxing evening and you reminded people, sit down, don't do anything. This is the night we serve you. That alone <sighs> brought the room down just a little bit to take a deep breath because when you're at church, a lot of times, what are you doing? You're looking around, especially if you're on a serve team, you're looking around to see who needs help. Yeah. That was like the first time in the church that I tried not to do that, yeah. where I was just sitting down and eating and enjoying it. So I just want to say to you and Crossroads Church and to Sean and the entire group of elders, whoever put that and put any foot forward and helped in any part of the serve dinner, yeah. 
thank you because that was so awesome and it was so great for our family we just loved it. So thank you. Well, it's truly our pleasure. We have the best team. And I really mean that. I really feel like we have the best team of people who looks for, who look constantly are looking for ways to serve other people. Mm. So once a year, it's quite literally the least we could do is bring people all together in one room and serve them. Yeah. We're going to let them serve 364 <laughs> <laughs> days, days a year, but it, it truly is our pleasure. And it's good for people to understand, you know, I, I, I'm reminded about all the details that went into creating the universe, right? That God did not spare any creativity. Mm. I mean, the, the thought that he put certain animal groups together and plants that grow in specific and areas and just the detail in peacock feathers, yeah. right? I mean, God just thinks about all those things. And for me, I, I think that as we, that that's one aspect of God's character that we can demonstrate is thinking through little tiny things that will just make people feel loved and appreciated so and aaron young my man you hit the bullseye chef, too oh, chef, oh, chef. chef this was the best decision we oh. ever made because as the you know when the church was smaller and the team was smaller i've cooked for it almost every year and with the you know we divided up amongst our leadership team but several of us ladies do the cooking for it but it's we only let the leadership team do the work so you're you know three four of us may be cooking for a hundred people oh. or whatever and you know, it's always been like Friday. that in the past. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And occasionally we might get like fried chicken from super saver, but all the other things we've, we've tend to cook it. But this year we, as the team has grown, which is so amazing. We were, we just decided we have got to have somebody cater the bulk of this meal and sh you know, chef off chef, Aaron Young knocked it out the park. High five brother. P.S. You're really good at holding multiple plates. <laughs> random but really are like from yeah. our serve dinner yes and then i saw sean i was like sean's holding like two plates in each hand i'm like impressive cute, right <laughs> and then i turned around and beth's got like six in one on her arm and like just a couple to lay down for other people at the table <laughs> just so comfortably you know i i did wait tables for a little while yeah. but i guess i guess it's like riding a bike i you don't just, know you just pick them back up again. It's pretty cool, though. It's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, I want to see it again. Mm -hmm. uh, I worked at a pizza place in Knoxville, and mm -hmm. we spun our own crusts. And so uh, I remember one night we went out with a group of people, and I just met all these people. I just got to the radio station in Lincoln. I got a whole staff together, and we go out and celebrate one night. And we're at the Red Onion that used to be that yeah. place inside the Holiday Inn downtown. Right. And I see the guy spinning pizzas back there. And I say, hey. Can I get that a shot? He's like, yeah, yeah. So I was spinning pizzas in front of all these people and they're like, whoa, dude, how do you do that? Because you don't know the past of a lot of people until they no. do something from their past. And you could still, you still had it. I thought you were going to tell the story and then it went flying through the restaurant and landed on somebody's face. Wouldn't you like the story <laughs> to end it. that way? That's exactly <laughs> how I wanted it to end. How often do you do your stretches that Dr. Boa tells you to do? That silence told me, thank you, Beth, that you are probably like me too. But here's the thing, is that Bo isn't just cracking you and sending you out the door. That's a cool thing. Is that when Dr. Bo adjusts you, he's going to give you the stretches. Not only stretches, sometimes he'll give you some things for your heart too while you're in the room, which is pretty awesome too. To leave inspired and ready to start the day and go on feeling better and maybe just a Bible verse that you needed for that day. 
Trinity Chiropractic. Dr. Bo and his entire crew at 31st to know. Visit trinitychiro.com for more information. I need some good news, baby. Give it to me. Give it to me. Your wrap-up is brought to you by Trinity Chiropractic. Here is Beth with your wrap-up. We talked a lot about discipline today, and discipline to me is an area of growth that all of us need to walk through in order to fully become the people that God wants us to be. And he talks about this in Second Peter. He talks about how God, his power has given us everything we need to live a godly life. And for this reason, he says, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to your goodness add knowledge, to knowledge add self-discipline, and to self-discipline perseverance. And then the list keeps going on and on, but it's part of that progression. It's in that progression that we we might believe in God a little bit and we start to begin to walk the way He wants us to walk and we learn more about Him. But the, the point where it becomes real is when we choose to discipline ourselves to live in a way that shows honor and serves other people more than ourselves. And his promise is this, it says, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of Jesus. So if you want to be effective, if you wanna be productive, if you want to live a life of purpose, you have to get over that big hurdle of disciplining yourself to do the right thing. Maybe today you're saying, I don't have that faith. I haven't even started. How do I add goodness to a faith that I don't have? How can I have a faith when I've struggled for so long with this thing? Well, the Bible also says that God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. And so if you're saying, I don't have the strength it's gonna take to discipline myself to make this choice, let me encourage you. God wants to show how strong he is through your weakness. If you reach out to him and ask him to help, he will help you. I'm Beth, and that's your wrap up. I need some good news, baby. Give it to me. Give it to me. Everything's gonna be alright oh.